0: This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
1: This is a cool golf story. A couple friends over in the UK were playing a round of golf together, and they defied all odds. This is uh, quite insane. Uh, well, first guy gets up to the T-block, gets a hole-in-one. Huh. The guy who comes up next gets another hole-in-one. Back-to-back hole-in-ones. Wow.
2: Huh. And so there's two balls in the cup. Yeah. Like that's, you better be careful because if you, you know, that could bounce out if there's a ball in there. You could be robbed
1: of a hole-in-one, but that's crazy. Here is, uh, here's one of the friends talking about the... The remarkable experience.
3: We got to the uh, par three fifth hole. Jazz here teed off first, and lo and behold, you only got a hole in one, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, (laughs) of course, he says. Yeah, so he does it every day. (laughs) Very unusual, get a hole in one. I stepped up second and teed off, and you won't believe it, got a hole in one as well, which is totally unheard of to have two holes in one on the same hole with consecutive players in the same competition. <laughs> wow.
1: I love how proper that Englishman sounds while telling that story. Completely different than if this experience happened to you and I, Jim. Oh, as we walk into the clubhouse, kick the door open. Can you it?
3: believe it? I got an <laughs> it hole in one. Jim got
1: an it hole in one right after me. This guy's like, well, funny enough. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you know it? Stepped up. <laughs> Jazz, he gets a (laughs) hole-in-one. Of course he does. Oh, fancy
2: that.
3: We got to the uh, par-three fifth hole. Jazz here, teed off first. And lo and behold, you only got a hole-in-one, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Tip of the cap, mate.
1: (laughs) Didn't you? Lo and behold. uh, 17 million to one odds that two people playing a round of golf together are going to get a hole-in-one back-to-back. I'd say it's more likely he's showing the guy the line. He's showing him exactly
2: getting how to do read. it. Yeah. the
0: read. There you go. This is the Taz and Jim podcast.
1: Boss Brad is in studio with us and he just started telling us a story off the air and I'm like, "Whoa, stop right there. We need to share this with the Taz and Jim listeners." Hey, Boss Brad. How you doing? What happened at hockey on the weekend?
4: <laughs> so I'm I'm getting getting Dressed for hockey, get in a room, throw my my bag down.
1: It's like old-timers men's, men's yeah, league, su- right?
4: super league on the uh, Sunday or Saturday afternoon. So I start pulling my gear out, and then I pull my skate out, and I noticed in the bottom of my skate there's like a bunch of like stuff. Like an old sock or something? Well, just like, like material. Mm-hmm. So I start shaking it out, and our goalie looks at me and goes, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. It looks like something was living in here this week. So I keep getting ready. Got my... my <laughs> Pants, my socks, put my skates on, and then I go back to get into my bag to grab my shoulder pads. And as I move my shoulder pads, I see a mouse in my bag. And so uh, right away, I zip it right up. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. And all the guys are looking, what's wrong? I'm like, I got a traveler. (laughs) Because I had left my hockey bag in the garage all week and just opened it up to let Hmm. let it air out. So everybody it's like mayhem because we don't know what to do you know this is what you
2: get for eating cheese strings on the bench Brad
4: so how big was the mouse it went well so I took it out Side, you know, this is better than you know. Like, oh, we'll just get it with a hockey. No, we're not getting it with a hockey stick. I'm gonna take <laughs> <He> slap shot <laughs> into the garbage pail. <laughs> the thing, the
1: thing gets out into the main area. Brad smashes it with a goalie stick. Kids are screaming,
0: <laughs> <cry>. <laughs> He killed Mickey.
4: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm gonna take this outside. So I take my skates off. I go walk my bag outside. Like it's inside the bag. Can you feel it moving uh, in there? I know I, I couldn't, but like I, I felt like I could. <laughs> it was one of those. So I go outside to the the parking lot and I open up the bag and dump it over and then I can see it poking its head out and I'm like, this is a lot bigger than what I thought it was. And it was, it was not a mouse. It was a rat. Uh, and, oh, <laughs> like never gym, did. Jim was like this, like that long Ugh. that long of a tail. Oh, it was so yeah, gross. Like six inches? Yeah, yeah. easily. Oh, easily. That and the tail. So then it just scurried off into the woods. It was Man, someone else's uh, problem.
0: I just
2: Man. wish it was like one of those situations. You'll see like an 18-wheeler roll down the highway, and then you'll see a cat pop out from under the hood. It, and it was in there the whole time. <laughs> I just wish you were on a breakaway, and all of a sudden a mouse <laughs> popped up, and it was like on your shoulder. On, on the ice. ice.
1: <laughs> uh,
4: it was the worst it, I,
1: So I, what did you do With your hockey equipment Now I'm asking As a germaphobe Did you wash your equipment b- well, Before you put it on No, or no you, Rats don't spread disease Did you just put on Your equipment And wear it It was already hockey? on
4: It was already all on So oh, now I'm gonna get God. it clean I, I gotta take it To one of those places That does like the whole You Move know Move away on clean.
1: from Brad <laughs> This is the next This is how the next Pandemic starts <laughs> It's not a It's not a bat In a wet market. It's a rat and someone's hockey oh, equipment. so bad. Our boss Brad just told a story about how on the weekend he was playing men's league hockey uh, putting his equipment on. Something was moving in his bag. There was a rat in there. Ugh. We're getting some phone calls. Go ahead.
5: Hey Taz, I thought I was listening to, to the story in the hockey just room. I thought I'd share one with you. Yeah. Tim from Glencoe here. I was going to play slow pitch first game of the year after the season playing hockey. I went to put my foot in my spikes, and uh, five little things were wiggling around my toes. Ah, oh, you've—that's uh,
1: so uh, my nightmare: is putting my foot in a shoe full of mice.
5: It was baby mice; they were all pink and uh, worm-like. <laughs> <laughs> so I dumped them out, put my shoes on, and played some softball. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: <no>. Attaboy. <laughs> Hey, it's Taz and Jim. I just uh, heard that Boss Brad story there. I had to tell you about this one. Let's
2: hear
5: it. Um, it was about five years ago. I was coaching Adams in Belmont. They're about 10 years old, I believe, and we're out for practice.
2: And kid's getting dressed. The other kid looks over. He screams, you have a rat in your bag. And I was... I walked over. I'm like a rat. I look in there. Well, this
0: was actually a full possum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, supercharged yeah, the boy,
5: rat! The boy left his uh, equipment out overnight on the back deck, and a possum found a new home.
2: <laughs> same what the same worst thing. Worse would, would be if the possum op- had like and... eight little possum babies hanging on it too. Oh yeah. It's the
5: worst. Oh, these kids were going
2: crazy. It was. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that. It was funny.
1: Uh, Lesson learned. I will not be leaving my son's hockey equipment on the floor in the garage or on the back deck anytime (laughs)
0: soon. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
1: We're taking calls on this topic. Is it that difficult to find employees right now? We keep hearing nobody wants to work. If you're an employer, you're short-staffed. You got employees just quitting out of the blue, not showing up for shifts. We've got Louis on the line. What industry are you working in, Louis? Uh, Concrete. All right. It sounds like not the easiest job in the world.
5: I mean, anybody who wants to get up at 5:30 and get home at 7:30 at night is welcome to come.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you're having trouble finding
5: people, are you? Yeah, you know, offer 35 bucks an hour even and you know I, the thing is is these people will apply to the job. You'll contact them. You'll set up a time for them to show up to work. And then they just will show up. And it leaves you just completely screwed over. Well, you're just like, why would you waste both of our times? Yeah. And then they'll call you, and then they'll text you like four days later and be like, oh, sorry, I dropped my phone in the toilet. <laughs> and they're like, oh, did you drop your computer that you contacted me in? <laughs> and there's are well, or what?
1: So do you have you some good, good people working for you now?
5: Uh, right now, we normally, uh, this time of year, I have about 13 guys, and we have six.
1: All right. So you're still looking. <laughs>
5: i am always looking. I've, I've had three ads on Indeed for two years. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I get a lot of people that apply that are like, you know, uh, they, they're a lot of Amazon drivers and stuff, but I just don't think they're going to cut it in my kind of work. But so
1: You kind of get a sense of the, the person when you're interviewing them, and if you don't think they're going to show up on day
5: two. Oh, and 100% of the guys that I have this year – could almost bank on them missing a Friday or a Monday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After the paycheck,
5: for sure. <laughs> yeah, once they get enough hours to be happy, that's it. Thanks, Louie. Yeah, no problem. Good luck to you. Hey, Cheddar.
1: What's going on today? What industry are you working in?
3: Uh, heavy civil work. and It is embarrassing that how entitled all these young kids are nowadays. Like, we we can't
1: say all the young kids are entitled but yeah but like when
3: I was a kid I didn't have a choice what I wanted to do for work it was either you do that or you get fired and now it's I, it, it's bad Like I don't want to see What happens in 10 years Like I honestly don't like, no, The one I bad.
1: don't understand Is bars and restaurants Because when I was in You know My my late teens The dream job Was working as a Server Or a bartender At a restaurant yeah. Right You're already downtown You're surrounded yeah. by Other single people Exactly yeah. You're in, in the boom. middle Of all the action You get to You get to have that uh, It was like prestige That came along with it And now you yeah. hear Restaurants restaurants and bars they have people not showing up for shifts
3: well nobody wants to work because the government just gives them money to stay at home and i don't understand it like they give away all this money and then they tax all the working people like why would people want to go to work to make say 25 or three thousand dollars a month they stay at home pulling their pun for two grand <laughs> <laughs> like It makes no sense, and nobody knows even how to pick up a shovel or eat a measuring tape anymore. It's embarrassing.
1: When I'm pulling my pod uh, cheddar, uh, that is considered heavy machinery operation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, have a good day, guys. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
1: We've been following this story over in Qatar at the World Cup. Two days before the tournament was set to get underway, uh, the government in Qatar announced that they were going to be uh, cancelling sale of alcoholic beverages at the matches. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, they had said, yes, we are going to be serving beers at the soccer games.
2: Weirdly, there is one spot you can drink, but you ha- it's a $20,000 box. You have to sp- spend $20,000 to get in that box, so you have to be a rich prince from the area or a super celeb to drink there. So that's so, in the stadium? There is w- that is one exception. So us plebs can't drink, but you know, super rich people still can, Just mm. funny how that works. But the average person cannot drink at the World
1: Cup. They can drink in the fan zones. They can drink at the hotel for now until, yeah. until the first fight breaks out. Then they might cancel that too. <laughs> uh, but Budweiser was really upset about this because they spent $75 million to sponsor the World Cup. Mm-hmm. They shipped all this beer over there that was going to be served in the stadiums, and uh, now they're kind of wondering, what do we do with this beer? I think they've come up with a great idea here, Jim.
2: Yeah, they have offered the winner of the World Cup <laughs> an entire warehouse flat of free beers. <laughs> they, so basically a skid stacked eight feet tall with cases of beer. It looks like 50-plus cases of beer, yeah. at least, in my perspective. So They should uh,
1: just give them all of them. Give them the whole warehouse. Oh, full totally.
2: Of beer. If have the win, party
1: at the warehouse. No, ship it back to the country. <laughs> yeah. You get to take it home on the plane with you. Hmm. A few duty fee <laughs> duty
2: free fees you have to pay to get all that booze back, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure wherever they're drinking, they're getting free booze. Let's be serious. None of these players are going to be playing paying for a drink
1: for four years. If they years. win the World Cup, yeah. I think they'll be okay for, for uh, bar tabs. Yeah,
2: but still, that'd be a, a hilarious visual, just the forklift bringing it into the change room. Beep,
1: beep, beep. This could be the motivation that some underdog country needed. Ecuador. <laughs> 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 we want the beer! <laughs> uh so, I, I, I'm assuming they, they are probably special cans, too, all done up for the oh, World yeah, Cup collector's items.
2: Actually, this might be a, a boost for Canada. <laughs> Who likes right. beer more than Canada? Let's go, boys.
1: That's right. Bring home the warehouse full of beer. This is the Taz and Jim
0: Podcast.
1: Jim, we got a text message. Call or text anytime during the show, one 829 6546 That's one eight three three taz and jim It says, Hey, Jim. I can't believe Argentina just lost to Saudi Arabia in the World Cup I hope you didn't put too much money down on that game uh oh I put a little
2: not a lot not crazy I put about 20 bucks down on it <laughs> in a couple different ways but I also I'm in a pool uh, an overall World Cup pool and you pick all your teams right and each team is worth a different value of points you got a certain amount of points to make up so you know if you pick Argentina it's worth seven points you pick Canada it's worth one point you know but you have 40 points to fill out your roster okay and you also have an option to pick a joker team which every time they win you get twice as many points did you pick Saudi Arabia I picked Argentina oh boy yeah so like they have to keep winning or I'm done with
1: my pool it's gonna bust a lot of brackets if they don't start winning
4: but it's
2: they, they, my, my but my bracket's already busted basically because they have to win like every game if they're your 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 Joker team like I'm already screwed my pool's done.
1: Argentina is one of the favorites to win the World Cup and they just lost to a team that was a major underdog.
2: I think it was th- Argentina was third third ranked and Saudi was like 53rd. So wow. yeah, big gap. But the the, the score was two one. It's kind of deceiving because Argentina did have three goals called back or if not more, but uh, I guess all three were offside. So they were, and they had more possession, they outplayed them, got way more shots, they just didn't work. Yeah, hey. All that matters is the scoreboard. (laughs) But seriously, 24 hours into this tournament and I'm already pretty much done. (laughs) I gotta, and it's just so easy, like I've been talking about gambling so much, but it's terrible because it's so easy, there's four games a day. this
1: is what I've been warning you about.
2: You have no. You been, haven't been warning anything.
1: I keep saying I'm worried about you.
2: No, you haven't. You've been like, "What are you gambling today? What are you doing, Jim?" Well, I'm you curious. In I'm yeah, curious right. to know.
1: <laughs> I want to know if you will win. Yeah, but don't act like Mister Responsible here. You know, I just, uh, I just can't wait to start drinking at seven a.m. <laughs> Everybody wins. You know, he, you, you do your gambling. I'll do my drinking. We'll have a great World sure. Cup. Seriously, there might be some uh, some Argentinians at the bar right now drowning their sorrows because <laughs> they start serving as seven in the morning mm-hmm. in Ontario, which is great if the game's on. But as soon as the game ends, especially if your team loses, like, what are you going to do with the rest of the day? And uh, bars serving at 7 a.m. is a great idea if you have nothing to do in the afternoon. Yeah,
2: it's like when you have a couple <laughs> beers at lunch at work and then you try yeah. to get back to work. and Productivity you're like,
1: oh, oh, plummets yeah. <laughs> once you start sipping on the, uh, the cold ones. Mm-hmm. We're fortunate, though, with Canada's first uh, bunch of games, mm-hmm. they're all at more reasonable times to have a cold beer. Like tomorrow, you got Belgium versus Canada, 2 p.m., That's a great time. On uh, Sunday, 11 a.m., Croatia versus Canada. 11 o'clock, that's that's acceptable. Early enough,
2: it still feels uh,
1: risky. And then Thursday, December 1st, Canada versus Morocco. That one's at 10 a.m. Maybe a little early, but... I'll crack a beer if I have to at 10 a.m. Canada's playing, right? And now that we know that on the line you have all the leftover Budweiser that was sent over to the World Cup before they decided that they weren't going to serve any beer in the stadiums. Like, this is a whole other tournament here. Yeah, it's not just
2: pride anymore. There's legitimate (laughs) things on the line here. The stakes have been raised. A
1: warehouse full of beer that Team (laughs) Canada could be bringing home with them.
0: This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
1: Jim, have you signed up for The Hive yet? No. I'm not even really familiar with what this is. All of a sudden, yesterday on on Twitter, I saw people announcing that they had made accounts on the Hive, which I think is now backup Twitter in case Elon crashes <laughs> real Twitter. Yeah, drives it into the ground. Right. From what
2: I understand, it's kind of like a mix of Twitter in MySpace, because you can have, like, a song for your profile. Oh, I like that. I miss that. Yeah. But it's funny, because I saw people signing up for it, and they almost, like, begrudgingly signed up for it. It's like, oh, I guess I'll do it, or something like I don't know. It's not like people are really jumping in, like, feet first. They're just kind of, like, dipping their toes in. It seems like the Hive is a safety net right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm not on the train. I'm not on the Hive
1: train. I'm not saying it's great. But I am on it. <laughs> just in, <laughs> in case, case Twitter, anyone's interested. Twitter stops working one day. I need to have a backup. Heaven forbid. <laughs> we we talk to each other in real life. hmm Is Twitter really, like... I, I
2: understand that like there could be a strategy where Elon Musk wants to bankrupt this thing to save his money like that's maybe the only way he can get out of this unscathed but it seems to still be working for how long I don't know but like will it really just disappear
1: you go to twitter.com and it won't be there I got to be honest I had to mute Elon Musk I need a break. <laughs> the guy's tweeting like forty times a day. Yeah, it's the only story that would show up in my Twitter feed was Twitter Elon Musk, Elon Musk. This people responding to Elon Musk, people talking about Elon Musk. I, I know it's a, a big story right now, but I, I just needed to take a uh, a little to. Are you uh, Are you clicking on any of them? Like, to see the comments? Because that's how the algorithm
2: gets you. You're like, you see the train was. wreck. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was initially, you know, and it yeah. was kind of funny. Elon's trolling people. I'm like, oh, look, a guy owns the company and he's acting like a total jerk. That's kind of funny. But then, like, he he is tweeting upwards of 30 times a day. hmm It's too much. D- well- he was, has
2: he always been doing this too? It feels like he has like two companies, no, five companies to run, and yet he's still spending a lot of his time on Twitter. It has been for yeah. years.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man, because I, I, you and I have talked about this. And as much as we <laughs> rail on, on social media influencers, to make like a good post on Instagram or TikTok or even Twitter, it takes some effort and it takes some time. Right, it takes more time than you'd think it should take. You're not going to bust out 30 great ones in a day. Let's just <laughs> <Exactly>. say that. Exactly. <laughs> so you've got to think the amount that Elon is tweeting, it's got to take up a a serious amount of his day. Hmm. Well, I mean,
2: he's he's got to be an egomaniac to a certain extent, and there's no better tool than Twitter. Like, because yeah. now now he owns it. And the conversations revolve around him. Kanye's back
1: on there. He let Trump back on on the True. weekend. But anybody, like
2: any celebrity too, who goes, "I'm getting off this Twitter. I'm gonna do," you're you're doing. You're obsessed too. You're you're addicted too, and you're doing it for attention, just like Elon is, just like everybody yeah. is.
1: Well, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails quit Twitter yesterday, and I did see Elon called, even though I have him muted. I saw Elon called Trent Reznor a crybaby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anybody who publicly quits Twitter is a crybaby, I have to say.
1: like You crybaby. I, I would say more if you threaten that you're going to tw- quit Twitter and you don't, yeah, yeah, then maybe you're a crybaby. It's like, okay, do it
2: or don't. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like if you say you're going to move to America if Trudeau wins or move to Canada if Trump wins, and you never do. You're still living wherever you lived before. Right.
1: Empty threats. Yeah. Anyways, follow us on Hive. (laughs) (laughs) The hottest new social media. And now the winner is... Devin Peacock.
2: I
0: want to see you Peacock, cock, cock,
1: your Peacock, cock. Sports time. Devin Peacock peacock, is here, and uh, he's our sports guy. He's also a Blue Jays fan. You are following the off-season movement the Jays are making, and they they have their sights set on someone who...
6: Yeah, there are a lot of questions raised last week after the Blue Jays traded uh, Teoscar Hernandez to the Seattle Mariners. The conventional thinking at the time was the Blue Jays wanted to uh, retool. This is not a rebuild, but they've, for a long time, wanted to add some left-handed uh, bats to their lineup, and... A couple of days ago, Cody Bellinger was uh, released by the L.A. Dodgers, and he is a really intriguing guy. He's 27 years old. He's had two really bad years, but three years ago, he was, the ma- he was the MVP for the National League. He's also a left-hander. He can play first base. He can play the outfield, and he is a really intriguing player. The Blue Jays in the past have apparently uh, called the Dodgers trying to uh, trade for him. They've been unsuccessful. But his agent is Scott Boris. He is a guy that the Blue Jays have a pretty good relationship with. Apparently he wants to sign a one-year deal to reestablish his value. And Roger Sanders is a pretty good place to uh, be a hitter. So I think the Blue Jays have a real shot at getting him. There's no guarantee he's going to recapture his former uh, glory, but he's 27 years old. He's got a lot of talent. He's a guy that if I were the Blue Jays, I'd want to take a real flyer on.
1: Let's switch over to NFL football. Blowout last night, San Fran 38, Arizona Cardinals
6: 10. This was a game that was in uh, Mexico City as uh, well, and based on, like I think they were almost had like 100,000 people in the stands to watch this one. Kyler Murray did not start for the Arizona Cardinals, so so, uh, they were in a tough spot to begin with. The San Francisco 49ers should have won that game, and they did handily.
1: Who do you think could get an NFL team first, Canada
6: or Mexico? I hope neither, to be honest. I mean... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Why do you say that? Canada wants one, we could have one? Uh, Like... We've tried it before. I like guess it's, it's just not going to, like obviously Canada. Uh, I'd like to see a team in Canada over Mexico. Nothing against Mexico, but, but it's further from your house. It's, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. I don't. You know, I don't know why the NFL would want to go to Toronto. I mean, I, I get it because it's a major city. I just, I will never believe the NFL is going to go to Toronto. Sorry. I'm sorry, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer.
1: uh, I'm just asking the questions here, (laughs) Deb. You're giving the answers. Well, we don't have to wait long for more NFL football. A couple days away, American Thanksgiving. Can't wait for the rundown of the games on Thursday.
0: This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.